Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we discuss, educate and talk about industry news and hot topics, company reviews and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International. With a career covering nearly two decades, Mining International partners with new and junior miners and larger predominant players in the market. With no further ado, here is your host, Rob Tyson. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the mining podcast. And today's guest is Andrew Cunningham, who's the CEO of Walkabout Resources, an ASX-listed African-focused energy minerals developer who are fast-tracking the development of the high-grade Lindy Jumbo Graphite project in southeast Tanzania. So they are taking full advantage um, of forecasting market conditions uh, for flake graphite deposits within with high ratios of large and jumbo flakes. Um, Andrew's a uh, geologist by background um, and has worked across Australia and Africa during his 20-year-plus uh, career. Um, managing areas of exploration and development projects from project generation to the completion of feasibility studies. Um, so he's here to talk about um, walkabout resources um, and as well as giving us an insight to large and jumbo graphite markets. So that's welcome, Andrew, to the podcast. How are you doing, Andrew? Uh, yeah, very good, uh, Rob. Thanks. Thanks for inviting me. No, I appreciate your time as well. Um, so, wondered if you can, as we always start these off, wondered if you can give us a uh, background about yourself, your career, um, what what you what you've done to get to where you are today. Oh uh, yeah, uh, Rob. Yeah, um, I grew up in Southern Africa, as you as you mentioned. Uh, spent a lot of my time uh, lately in, in Australia, uh, but Southern Africa is where I, I started my career. Uh, uh, then moved to Namibia from from South Africa. Uh, I am in Namibia now and uh, studied in South Africa. So my my career has mainly be in, been in in uh, South Africa and Namibia. Um, I worked on various mines in Namibia, uh, from the uranium uh, through to diamonds, um, and then got uh, later in my career into pure exploration. Um, Especially when I moved to Australia for for BHP, I was I was in the exploration department there for iron ore, uh, but also worked for other larger companies, uh, De Beers and Rio Tinto. And I think being uh, starting my career in the mine gave me, and I and I, I strongly feel that it's a it's a very good background for a uh, exploration geologist because you know what you're looking for, you know what makes sense, um, uh, you know that if you're going to delineate a deposit, what you, you know, what can be mined, what can't be mined, uh, what are sensitive areas environmentally or socially. So it, 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 I think it's a very good background that I've got first in the mining as a mine geologist and then moving into exploration. Um, as I said, later in my career, I moved over to Australia, uh, spent a good eight years in Australia, moved back to Namibia now, I'm based there, uh, and which was very fortunate with all the lo- various lockdowns in the world, um, I can still travel. So um, you know, I'm going back and forth from Namibia to Tanzania, and it, it's uh, where a lot of my colleagues are stuck in Australia at the moment. Um, so yeah, based based in Africa now, uh, we're very focused on our project here in Tanzania, but we've got we've got some other exploration plays around the world. Um, but but Namibia, I found, was very centralised and, and puts me in a, in a good time zone to to all our project areas. Yeah, certainly. Um, we were speaking just before this podcast. Um, 
I wondered if you could um, tell us about living in Nibia uh, compared to, say, Australia, um, because I've, I've heard a lot of really nice, positive things about the country. Um, and I wondered if you can just give us an overview and how that compares to, to Australia. Uh, it's, a, it's a fantastic country, Rob. Uh, you know, when, when I, I worked for a couple of Australian companies in Namibia as well, and when they came over, um, they said it's Africa for beginners. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of um, similarities between Namibia and especially Western Australia where I stayed. It's it's very sparsely populated, a very dry country, desert, extremely beautiful, um, extremely friendly people. Same as what we experienced in in uh, WA when the family moved over there. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a great country to live in. A very stable government, uh, a good a good mining jurisdiction as well. Uh, so we're very happy there, and it's it's a great country to be in. Yeah, it's great to hear. Um, right, so I wonder if you can tell us a little bit, a uh, little bit, uh, or an overview of Walkabout Resources. Well, Walkabout Resources, as you said, is, is ASX listed. Uh, we have until recently been an exploration company, a purely exploration company. Uh, but through the past couple of years, we've been developing the Lindy Graphite project um, with the aim of getting it into production. Uh, we have recently become fully funded, so the, the project is now uh, fully funded and, and ready for production. So we are moving into the construction period. Um, that's why I'm spending most of my time in Tanzania. So it's the first mine or, or uh, major mine development in Tanzania for the last five years. It was definitely since the changing of the mining legislation in 2017. So there's a lot of emphasis on on. The, the company and the country, uh, people want to see how it goes. They, we the first major foreign investment into the into the mining industry in the in the country again. Um, so there's a lot of eyes on us uh, to see how we go. It's a very exciting time for the company. It's a very exciting time. Uh, the commodities very exciting at the moment. Uh, graphite um, and developing the first modern graphite mine in Tanzania is certainly something. Um, that we that we're looking forward to. It's you know we 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 can do things right. We can get the ESG principles right from the start. Um, you know the the we, the country and the government's very supportive of what we're doing uh, from the from the top of the government down. Um, so every single portion of this project is is just the nation's eyes on us. And we you know we it it, it is a Tanzanian company. We are running it at, at, by Tanzanians. Um, so it's a very exciting time getting this project into production. Yeah, um, and what was the what was Walkabout's reason and strategy for entering uh, the graphite space, um, and why and why Tanzania? Well, we Walkabout has a long history in Tanzania. Various of our uh, the, the company um, and as associates, uh, the board members, and so forth, have been operating in in country for a number of years. I, I first started working here in the uh, late 1999s, early 2000s. Um, so I've got a long association with the, with the country um, and with, with fellow, my fellow colleagues in the company as well. Um, I was asked by them uh, as a, a geologist about seven years ago to look <clears throat> into graphite and especially into Tanzania. I identified a number of, of, of regions where, where I thought one should uh, could focus. Um, and then out of these, we, we ranked them and we, we decided, right, the south of Tanzania is where we want to be. We picked up a joint venture there with a local tenement or a local uh, businessman, um, and 
as usual with a junior company, you don't have a lot of money to spend. Uh, we had to focus very hard on where we want to uh, focus our, our efforts. It was a large tenement package of over 750 square kilometers that we had. So we, we really, and we didn't have a lot of money to do a lot of work on. Uh, we, we knew we had to fly some um, airborne EM. So it became quite a challenge. And, and, and I think it's, it's in retrospect very good is that we didn't have a lot of money. We, we, we piggybacked on, on some of the other companies that were operating in, in the country on a VTEM system. And we, we only flew about 15% of our tenement holding. So we had to be sure that where we're going to fly is we, we've got a good idea that there might be something there. So I spent a lot of time on the ground and we were very lucky through the VTEM that, and, and you know, graphite is very conductive. It just lights up on a, on a VTEM system or EM system. And uh, we then, I think while the helicopter was still flying, the geophysicists in, in Australia were busy uh, in, uh, doing the initial interpretation. I was running around in the field, ground truthing targets. Uh, and ordering draw, drilling machines to come on site. So it was a uh, it was a, a very busy time. Communications were were horrible. I had to climb trees to get uh, mobile reception, um, just to speak to the guys in Australia to get you know to 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 fast track this thing. And the drill rig came in, and and with the first hole, we we hit some some very good graphite. We didn't know what the grade was. I just uh, sent the guys back in Australia. I said I think we've hit something good here. And uh, it was, I think, 20 meters or 12 meters at 20% total graphitic carbon, which was uh, unheard of in, in, the, in the graphite industry in, in, uh, in the region. There's a lot of graphite in Tanzania, or especially where we are, a lot of good graphite, the flakes are large, but our deposits that we delineated um, with, with very few drillers initially to get into a fur deposit um, stood out uh, um, because it has such a high grade. The, the, uh, <clears throat> there were spectacular intersects, um, individual intersects of a, of a meter of 45% uh, total graphite carbon. Some floats, uh, rocks that we picked up with massive graphite was up to 89% total graphite carbon. So it, it was something that we didn't quite understand then. Um, but, but yeah, we were very, very fortunate. So it, it took a lot of hard work and a lot of thinking to get to delineate the targets down to where we wanted to be. And we were fortunate that with our first drill hole, we hit something special. Yeah. Um, and what makes what makes the, the project very different um, probably from other, other graphite projects? Um, and how important is this for the graphite industry? Well, as I mentioned, the, the grade, as we saw in, 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 the, in the drilling or in, in, in some of the intersects were very good. Uh, we... And, and the graphite's from from surface. There's there's very little overburden. There's 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 a little bit of outcrop, but um, overburden of thirty centimeters, and and you straight onto the the ore zones. Um, so first of all, the the grade was high. Now we've it's been said so so many times that that grade is king. And and why does why is it important? It it just lowers your operating costs. Um, if you've got a high grade deposit, you need to to mine and treat so much less to get. The, uh, the same amount of concentrate as you would with a low-grade deposit. Now, the, as I said, we, we're sitting what I see as a low-grade region. We've got some of our uh, graphite uh, neighbors are sitting with reserve grades of between 4 and 10%, um, probably average around 5 or 6%, uh, where our reserve grade for a life of mine of 24 years is, is 
virtually 18%. So that's the first differentiator. When, when we started um, mapping and sampling on the ground, we sent a lot of these samples for uh, petrography to see what does the graphite look like. That we can see um, in a hand sample that there's a lot of large flake. And the feedback that we got from, uh, from the petrologist in Perth was that around 80% of our flakes are above 180 micro, above 300 micron in, uh, in the rock sample. So we knew we were sitting with something special. Yeah, the grade was good. Um, the, the, the flake size uh, was good. And then we just had to figure out how do you preserve uh, most of these flakes through your processing uh, of it that you don't damage your flakes. It's, it's inevitable that you're going to damage some of your flakes through the processing, through the, the, the crushing and the blasting and the drilling, and or not the drilling so much when you're mining, but uh, with, with the milling and the flotation and the regrind. Um, and we got some uh, very good uh, consulting metallurgists in, in with a lot of flotation experience, and they quickly uh, came to, a, to an answer, which we then worked on through the past few years. And that is to preserve the flakes as much as possible through the process. While you're trying to achieve a, a, a concentrate grade of above 95% total graphitic carbon. So we, we got that uh, recipe right. Uh, the plant is designed around it. Uh, there's a bit of innovative. It's a very simple plant, a very small plant, but it's um, quite innovative. Um, and we have proven through various test regimes um, in Australia, Germany, and also in China, is that we can preserve a lot of the flakes above 180 micron. Um, so much so that, that only 25% of our product in final concentrate, or final screen concentrate, is beneath 180 micron. Um, now, it's important with graphite, and that was um, our, our stance from the start, is that we were we were fairly conservative of what we wanted to produce. Our, our target was always has always been forty thousand tons per annum. We were very careful not to, that that we weren't going to go out there with big numbers uh, just to get your your study figures up. Um, and forty thousand tons seemed to to us to be the right figure because remember you still need to sell your graphite. You don't want to flood the market. You want to don't want to drive prices down. And uh, you know it is a it is a niche market. It is. Um, uh, tightly controlled by the Chinese, so you don't want to storm in there and, and produce half of the world's current production. Um, so that, I think, was a good strategy from our side. Um, and so what's what's important around that as well is that the, the larger your flake, the more money you get for it. So, for instance, the uh, minus uh, 150 micron material will go for around $500 a tonne at the moment, or your plus 300 micron material, which is your jumbo flake, will go at around $1,450 a tonne at the moment. So there's a big difference. And if you skewed like our product, our screen product is towards a larger flake size, you're obviously going to get a, a, a bigger basket price for it. Um, so, so, you know, that's that's what differentiates this deposit from, from uh, many of the others in the graphite field. Um, the, the grade, of, of course, means that our operating costs are, are very low. Um, and the, the flake size means is that your, your margins are very high. Now, it's been independently verified by benchmark mineral intelligence is that this project seem, uh, can be the the second highest margin graphite project globally of any of any graphite mine currently in production and those that studies have been done on. So, you know, it's 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 a, it's a very exciting project. It's a very different project and, and, a, and a very nice commodity to be working on. Yeah. Um, can you give us an overview of the, the graphite market at the moment um, and how you see it developing over the, the next few years? 
Well, well, obviously, the hype uh, in, in graphite at the moment is, is the EV and the battery storage and so forth. So there's there's huge um, uh, growth forecast by the World Bank and UPS and so forth of between 500 and 700% more graphite will be needed uh, in the year 2030 uh, to 2050. Um, we're not thinking that far ahead. Um, our immediate attention is, is, is much closer to when we're going to be in production. Um, and also, um, as I said, about 75% of our, our graphite is not really suitable for the for the battery market. About a quarter of our product is around uh, 10 to 12,000 tons per annum. We'll, we'll still be going into the uh, into the finer, whatever it is, if it's the battery market, our graphite is proven suitable for the battery market or the refractory market or the steel industry or, or whatever it is. The price is still the same. You're going to sell your finer grain graphite for uh, more or less $500 a ton. So our emphasis is on the on the larger flakes, the above 180 micron, the large and the jumbo and the super jumbo, uh, because it also attracts a higher price. Um, all the forecasts uh, that uh, we, we've got from uh, independent people is that the um, expandable uh, or the or the larger flake market or the expandable market where larger flake is used um, it will also be growing quite quite healthily over the past over the next few years. But already we are seeing tonnages used in in China uh, at the moment. Uh, of uh, which they forecasted would only be there in the year 2024. So it's it's growing even faster than what they predicted uh, uh, two or three years back. So it's it's an exciting time. The, the, the prices are quite uh, stable. Uh, the demand is going up. The electrical vehicle is, is taking a lot of graphite out of the traditional markets, the refractory markets, the steel industry, uh, the expandable markets. Um, and we believe that this this demand will for a larger flake graphite or for the expandable market will grow even quicker than what uh, was initially anticipated. Um, as I said, the prices are are, are pretty good. Um, so it is, you know, for once our timing is is right, and and we're aiming to be in production by the the second half of 2022. Um, and and we think that is just uh, will just be a good time to get into the graphite market. Um. With the project fully funded um, for development and with offtake agreements in place, um, what are the sort of next steps? Well, the <clears throat> we've we've always said it from the start is we want to develop the project. Now, as, as you mentioned, we are fully funded. We've 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 got offtake agreements in place in in China and with some memorandum of understandings in in Europe. Um, the, the main aim is now to get uh, to complete the construction. We, we've started some of that already. We've completed um, uh, some of the early works and some of the equipment has been manufactured in China. It is now um, getting uh, getting the earth moving equipment back on site, which is imminent to happen now, um, and also getting the EPC contractor um, up and going in China, uh, which will mean that the equipment that we've already manufactured can, can soon be placed on ships and, and come over to to Tanzania. Um, we first want to be uh, producers of graphite. That's what we are. We're explorers and we're now developers and we can get this mine into production and get it into production profitably. Um, then we can look at, and, and uh, it's it's an industrial mineral. Uh, we, we will always try to produce as much as we can sell. At the moment, we've got offtake agreements for our entire production of 40,000 tonnes. Uh, but there is capacity to to increase this um, this production level. If there's a demand for our product, which we believe there will be, um, without spending any more uh, capital on the plant, we can produce uh, quite a bit more. Um, 
Then there's also further opportunities uh, to look at downstream processing. We deliberately haven't gone far down that road because we, as I said, we let's first get the mine up and running. That's our primary primary business, um, and get it up and running profitable before we look at the downstream opportunities. But there's lots of downstream opportunities, not necessarily in the in the battery market, but in the um, expandable market for for graphite. Whether we look in country or in the region. Or further afield, um, you know that's that's one of the exciting options that we have available to us that we that we are working on at the moment. Yeah. Um, well, and I suppose as a conclusion um, and a summary, closing summary, uh, what are the long-term growth opportunities for Walkabout Resources? Well, as I said, there's there's already a growth opportunity in in the in the plant capacity. Um, there's a lot of graphite. We've got we've got quite a large land holding in Tanzania, um, right next door to where the current mine is being constructed, uh, but also in in other parts of the country where we've got uh, other graphite licenses. Um, currently, our, our reserve uh, or our resource is around 41 million tons. Um, a, a very high level uh, exploration target that we've got on there, which is based on, on real figures, uh, but not drilling, um, is around up to 172 million tonnes of, of uh, graphite uh, in, in the ground that's, that's on our tenements. And that's not, that's a conservative estimate. So there's always, if there's a demand for the graphite, um, and, and, you know, we, we firm believers, let's, let's get into the market, then we can slowly grow into it if, if there's a demand for it. Um, the, the capacity is there. The, um, we, we now have the necessary expertise in country and, and also we will have by then in the graphite market to, uh, should we have to duplicate what we're doing now, that will be possible. Uh, the downstream opportunities I've chatted about before, um, you know, that's also very exciting to me um, and looking into that in more, in more seriousness is going forward. So uh, a lot of growth opportunities in the, in the graphite space um, and also in the downstream opportunities. Yeah, really appreciate your time, Andrew. It seems uh, an exciting project and you're heading into uh, construction. So wish you all the well with that and uh, look forward to uh, look forward to the production stage. And, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure uh, the demand for the product will be, uh, will be immense and as, as the years continue. So um, how, can, um, uh, how can people reach out to you if they've got any questions uh, and are you on any uh, social media channels? Well, yeah, no, certainly they can they can contact us through the uh, through the website. There's a there's an email address there that that uh, always gets gets to me. Um, and also we on we on LinkedIn and um, and Twitter. Um, so feel free to ask any questions that that there might be um, shareholders or just interesting people or interested people will um, uh, we welcome any questions. No, no problem. Yeah, certainly. So if you've got any questions for Andrew, uh, whether that's on the graphite market whether it's um, talking about uh, walkabout resources and how you may may want to um, invest or get involved. Um, obviously, we'll include those, uh, those uh, social media channels and the email addresses in the show notes uh, accompanying this podcast. So, um, Andrew, really appreciate your time again. Um, hope our audience enjoyed listening to, uh, to this uh, episode, um, especially learning a little bit about graphite. Um, obviously, um, learning more about walkabout resources and certainly what they're looking to do um, over the short and medium term. So um, if you've got any questions, please re- uh, feel free to reach out to Andrew. So um, all those that are listening, appreciate if you can uh, share uh, share this episode amongst uh, people in the industry um, so more people can get access to this, uh, to this content. If you're watching on the YouTube channel, appreciate if you can like and share below 
Um, so it reaches all corners of the uh, internet universe. Um, so more people have access to this uh, to this content. So um, that's enough from me. And until next time, happy mining. Thanks for listening to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. If there are any topics you want discussed or questions you want to ask any guests, then you can email us at rob at mining-international.org. Or you can follow Rob and Mining International on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter and YouTube for more content and to have your questions answered. Until next time, happy mining.